Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Greeny's hosting the draft, so Bob O'Shusen sitting in, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests appear on the Goodyear Hotline. We'll get back to the phones in a sec. You know what, though? Real quick before we get back to the phones, I wanted to say something about Tebow. The story that came out about Tim Tebow yesterday going to audition for his old coach as a tight end to maybe resurrect a football career in Jacksonville, look, I'm rooting for him. It would be an incredible story if Tim Tebow was able to have this you know, five-year minor league baseball career with the Mets and then decide, you know what, I'm going to go back to football and the irony of it is do what he should have done and if he would have done this seven or eight, ten years ago, he might still be playing in the NFL, in my opinion, because I was there with the Jets when the Jets brought Tim Tebow in to theoretically compete with Mark Sanchez at quarterback. And what what was misportrayed then and has never really been talked about since is that was never why the Jets were bringing him in then, but it was still the only thing he wanted to do. And if he would have embraced the idea of being a jack-of-all-trades, Swiss Army knife, Taysom Hill, tight end, sometimes take a direct snap, sometimes go out and catch the ball, then I think he could have been in the NFL this whole time because I think he was that kind of athlete, that kind of talent. He, was, he might have been the best college football player we've ever seen. If you think about his college football accomplishments, Tim Tebow was on the Mount Rushmore of all-time college football players. Now, that doesn't always translate into success in the NFL. And I'll, t- I'll just give you a little window to what it was like around the Jets when Tim Tebow was with the Jets. The, the old, like, Tim Tebow is the first guy in, the last guy out. He does so much extra work in practicing the hardest worker that you'll ever see. That was true. I would be at Jet Games three hours early, right? I mean, the broadcaster gets there, and we got a pregame show, and you want to set your booth up. And I mean, I would get there a minimum two and a half hours early, sometimes three hours early, sometimes even earlier than that. On the road for road games, you'd get on the bus with the team. I mean, that first bus goes over, you're getting there at least three hours early. Tim Tebow would already be on the field. When I would get to the booth and look down at the field, I mean, it's 45 minutes to an hour before anybody else is going to be on the field. Tim Tebow's already down there. He was the hardest working guy there was. The only thing that was the problem, though, in my opinion, and I think it bore itself out, and we see it now because he's trying to come back as a tight end, all he was ever working on was being a quarterback. It was in his head, and the people around him did nothing to dissuade him. He was not going to be Julian Edelman. He was not going to be, you know, I mean, pick another guy, that you know, Brad Smith, the guy that was a college quarterback, but was just not going to be a quarterback in the NFL. In his mind, and in all the people around him, in their minds, he was a quarterback. So he was there three, three and a half hours before the game would start, already in sweats, already on the field working out. But all he was doing was throwing, throwing every route tree under the sun. And they would get, you know, an assistant wide receiver coach or, you know, one of the, you know, quality control guys to go there, and they would, like, run patterns for him, and he would throw, throw, throw. And you're sitting up in the press box watching him going, man, if this guy ever invested that kind of time into what they want him to be, which is the jack-of-all-trades, tight end, H-back, you know, do a little bit of everything and just utilize him as a football player, what a great weapon he would be. But he was never going to take over for Mark Sanchez. He was never going to be the starting quarterback. But everything that you hear about Tim Tebow being like the hardest working guy in the building, all true. 
all of it true. And a guy that you can rally around, you know, natural-born leader. I'm rooting for him. I, I hope somehow he rediscovers the ability to be a jack-of-all-trades football player, and maybe his old college coach gives him a shot. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888 Let's get back to the phones and talk to Kevin in New Jersey. He joins us next year on ESPN Radio. Hey, Kevin. How you doing? I was uh, curious. Do you see Buffalo trying to trade up uh, for Javante Williams? Um, I, I, they could. Javante Williams certainly is worthy of someone maybe coming up to get him. I think he's the next best running back on the board. Uh, but, you know, I, I, there, there usually is value in running backs in the third and even fourth round. And this one is a, this is a draft that's pretty deep at running backs. So I have a hard time seeing someone trading up to get a running back unless somehow Javante Williams drops, you know, 10, 12 spots past where any team would have them on their board. That's possible. Um, but, you know, I don't like trading up for a running back any more than I like taking a running back in the first round. I'm glad as a, you know, as a Jet guy, I'm glad that they didn't sit at 23 and wait for a running back to fall to them. They went and got the offensive lineman that they want. Let's go to Frank in South Carolina. Joins us next year on ESPN Radio. Bob Wishes and Infogreeny. Hey, Frank. Hey, how's it going, man? Good. Um, let's see, I'm a, well, I'm, a, I'm a Washington football team fan, and I see that we drafted uh, Jamin Davis, a linebacker, and I was hoping that we would get a linebacker. I'm glad we didn't trade up to try and get a quarterback early or anything stupid like that. Um, but I'm just a little confused, and maybe some other fans are too, as to why we didn't take uh, Jeremiah Wizukoromoa at the linebacker position. What do you think uh, the difference is between the two players? Um, I'm sure both are going to do pretty well behind that defensive line and get a lot of tackles, um, but what do you think about that? Well, I mean, you know, that's beauty is the eye of the beholder. I mean, they think Jamin Davis is a better player. That's why they took him. I personally think Washington should have been much more aggressive going up and getting a quarterback. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a career backup quarterback, relief pitcher off the bench. He, he that's, you know, like you, you have uncertainty at quarterback, and there was some certainty in this drafted quarterback. I think that Washington should have been looking to do what Chicago did. And I'm going to talk to Dan Orlovsky about that at the bottom of the hour, but I'm surprised that Washington wasn't a team that was more aggressive going up and trying to get a quarterback. And by the way, the Greeny Mother's Day sweepstakes starts on Monday. You'll have a chance to win one of four first prize $250 1-800-Flowers electronic gift cards and one grand prize of 1000 bucks. In the meantime, make sure you're following the at ESPN Radio Twitter handle and then you can be ready to retweet the sweepstakes post when we send it out live Monday morning during the show. Again, Bob Wachuz and in for Greeny. We're going to talk to Dan Orlovsky coming up a short time from now, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests appear on the Goodyear hotline. We can squeeze in maybe one more call before we take a timeout, and Dan will be standing by at the bottom of the hour. Let's go to Adam in New York. Joins us next year on ESPN Radio. Hey, Adam. Do we lose Adam? Adam going once. Adam going twice. All right, how about Jimmy in New Jersey is next here on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Bob. Pleasure. Sorry, I'm on a treadmill. Bob, pleasure <laughs> to speak to you. First time caller, long time listener. I got to say, so the Jets struggles, and I've watched them my whole entire life, unfortunately. Zach Wilson seems like a pleasure. It seemed always to me that Sam Darnold lacked that moxie, that hands in the air with a touchdown and I don't know about you but I feel that's what we need more than ever and well, with the new regime 
Sam Darnold I never had a like chance to do that. I mean, Sam Darnold was never supported with the talent around him to, I think, be able to do what Zach Wilson is going to be able to do. I mean, Corey Davis is already a better receiver than anybody that Sam Darnold played with three years. They now have a franchise left tackle and theoretically a franchise guard to put probably next to him. Uh, they may take another offensive lineman in this draft. Uh, the Jets had Le'Veon Bell here. He was supposed to be the savior, and everyone blamed everything at Adam Gase. Right? Everything was Adam Gase's fault. The Jets gave Le'Veon Bell the ball 700 times in two years, and he never made a play, ever. Think of one impact play that Le'Veon Bell made in two years. I mean, if he is legitimately a difference-making talent, even if the coach is lo- in doing a lousy job scheming him ways to make a play, at some point, if you give a guy the ball 700 times, his talent is just going to make a play for you. It never happened. So to me, I think they are now supporting Zach Wilson in a way that the previous regime, unfortunately, never supported Zam Darnold and never gave him a chance to succeed. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. More calls and Dan Orlovsky coming up. Bob Wischusen in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like For the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Greeny, the podcast. Bob was shoesing in for Greeny. Triple eight, say ESPN, triple eight, seven, two, nine, three, seven, seven, six, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests appear on the Goodyear hotline. Dan Orlovsky will do that coming up in about 10 minutes or so, but the phone lines are jammed. Let's squeeze in a few more before we have to uh, break. Before we get to Dan, let's talk to John in New York, who joins us next here on ESPN radio. Hey, John. Hey, good morning, Bob. Uh, sorry to hear about your kitchen. I've been there. It sucks. <laughs> Thanks. That's what's waiting but, for uh, me when I get home. Go ahead. Yeah, no, don't even think about it. It's just stuff. <laughs> um, I was just thinking, as far as the Jets, they need help at cornerback. They need help everywhere. But is Richard Sherman a possibility in free agency, another reunite, reunited with uh, Rob Sala and all that? Yeah, that'd be fine by me. I mean, it, it's funny because the Jets have the second pick in the second round, and there's almost nowhere where they could go where I would say, oh, that's a luxury pick. Like that, unless they take another quarterback, right? Well, I'm aware, or a safety. Um, I don't really know what they could do 
in the with the second pick in the second round where I would think that did not address a need. So yeah, sure. I mean, they could they could take Asante Samuel. Um, they could sign Richard Sherman. They they need help at a lot of places. You're a hundred percent right. Let's get to Aaron in North Carolina. Join us next here on ESPN Radio. Hey, Aaron. Good morning, Bob. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. Um, so I'm a diehard Giants fan. Um, and oh, we lost him on the speakerphone. Are you on a speakerphone, Aaron? My my advice would be to get off the speakerphone because you're dying. Um, no, sir. Can you hear me better now? Yeah, go ahead. Just speak up. I think we'll get you. Yes, sir. Um, I'm sorry. So I'm a diehard Giants fan, especially the last couple of years. I've been very frustrated with what I've considered a more cautious or predictable draft strategy. Um, but I think yesterday, I think um, the organization maybe even turned over a new leaf. Um, they, they took a little bit of a gamble. They traded down. They saw a couple. They saw a couple teams looking at quarterbacks. They got a great wide receiver, I think, and um, they're going to give Daniel Jones, I think, one more year to see what he can do. But um, uh, I, I, as a diehard Giants fan, I'm at least glad to see that they're changing up and not staying well, predictable. Well, Aaron, it's, it's something Dave Gettleman's never done before, right? In all the places that he's been, he's never traded down before. So I think the Eagles forced them to do something that maybe they didn't even want to do, and I think they saved them from themselves, that's what I said now we're number one. I think the Giants probably would have sat chilly at 11 and taken Devontae Smith if he had fallen there. I like Kadarius Toney and the Bears' first-round pick next season a lot more than if you just had Devontae Smith. The Bears' pick next season will probably be in the top five. At worst, it's going to be in the top ten. It might be number one. I mean, nobody's picking the Bears to be anything other than a significantly below 500 team this year. And if they start a rookie quarterback and bet your bottom dollar at some point, they will. They're not going to stick with Andy Dalton all year. Justin Fields is the future. They're going to put him out there. The Giants could end up with Kadarius Toney, their pick next year, and a top five pick in the draft. So two years from now, you could be looking back at this saying, wow, Kadarius Toney, at least his production, if it's not Devontae Smith level, could be comparative, and you get a top five pick in next year's draft to go along with it. Even if the Bears massively overachieve, it'll still be a top 15 pick. I loved the move the Giants made. Absolutely loved it. Pat in New York joins us next year on ESPN Radio. What's up, Pat? Hey, you know, Bob, as a Jets fan, I'm so happy. You know, I called you yesterday, and I, I emphasized that they have to trade up for Vera Tucker, and they did just that, so I couldn't be any more happier today. But uh, I would love to see the Jets go out and grab Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa from uh, Notre Dame. I think the guy just has great ability to get into the backfield. He can cover like a defensive back. He has 24.5 tackles for a loss in Notre Dame in two years. And I think that he can kind of, in a way, not as good, obviously, but be that Jamal Adams type of guy that can be all over the field and do different things. What do you, what's your thoughts on that? All of that sounds good to me. I, I'm not taking a guy that I think – like you said, it's kind of a hybrid safety almost. I think they've got bigger needs than that. But you know what? Hey, they, if they just believe that he's flat out the best football player on the board and they take him, you know, at that point, I, I guess I can't argue with it. But, you know, that would not be the guy that I would take. I would look maybe at Tevin Jenkins or, um, you know, maybe even at Ojolari more as a pure pass rusher. Uh, but I agree with you. I think Usakoromo is a very interesting player. Dan Orlovsky is coming up in just a moment. We'll get his take on 
the NFL draft, how it shook out, round number one, what he expects in round number two. And uh, get more of your phone calls in at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. By the way, if you're a business owner who's hiring, it can feel like trying to find a needle in a haystack. But when you post a job on ZipRecruiter, their matching technology finds these qualified candidates for you and invites them to apply. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. So while other companies give you too many options, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. Right now, try ZipRecruiter for free at this web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. It is Bob and in for Greeny, talking to Dan Orlovsky. Just a moment, we come back on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. You guys are nice. Baba Shusen in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, the app, your smart speaker. Dan Orlovsky is going to join us in just a moment. Triple eight, say ESPN, triple eight, seven, two, nine, three, seven, seven, six. We've got plenty of folks that have been patient, want to talk draft. So let's get to a couple of telephone calls. Let's get to Kent in Iowa, who joins us next year on ESPN radio. Hey, Kent. How's it going? I'm doing great. Yeah. I was calling about, I was calling about, uh, the, you know, the whole Aaron Rodgers situation. Mm-hmm. And I heard earlier on a program that some of the destinations they've been talking about were Denver that he was interested in and Los Angeles. I, I, it might have been talked about earlier. I'm not sure. But what about Seattle? I mean, both quarterbacks were kind of not happy where they're at. We got Russell Wilson could go back to Wisconsin. We got Aaron Rodgers could go back to the West Coast. I was wondering if there's been any, been any talk about that. Uh, there has not been any talk about that. I understand the concept that you're kind of trying to come up with here. Let's swap a problem for a problem or an unhappy guy for an unhappy guy. I don't think that Russell Wilson is nearly as unhappy in Seattle as Aaron Rodgers is in Green Bay. And also, the Packers, I think, would look more towards the future. And they drafted Jordan Love last season. Apparently, they're a little more high on Jordan Love and have liked what they've seen in practice than we've you know, maybe realized. And... I would think they would think more down the line, let's trade Aaron Rodgers for an absolute draft haul, which is why if he's going to end up going to Denver, I'm surprised it didn't happen before last night because you would have started the package off with the ninth pick in the draft last night. 
So uh, that seems to me to be more make more sense, you know, to trade an aging quarterback for a guy who is younger but is still maybe on the other side of the second half of his career in Russell Wilson. I don't, I don't, I don't think Russell Wilson's leaving Seattle. But I do understand why you're trying to put two and two together and make four. That certainly makes sense. Get a Charles in Ohio joins us next year on ESPN Radio. Hi, Charles. Hey, how's it going, man? Hey, uh, two things. My first thing is, when you were talking about Tim Tebow, you know, I'm rooting for him, too. He was probably one of the best quarterback athletes in college. And my second thing is, where do you see Trey Sermon from Ohio State going? Um, uh, That's a good question. You know, he's one of those guys that if he was drafted in the middle to late second round, it wouldn't shock me. Or if all of a sudden somebody stole him in the fourth round, it wouldn't shock me as well. Um, but I do think that taking him higher than, say, mid to late second round would be a reach. Uh, even in the second round might be a reach. But I mean, he's an NFL running back. He's probably a good example of, you know, the kind of guy that you get in later rounds, and then a couple of years later, three, four years down the line, you turn around if he's on the right team behind a good offensive line and say, wow, like Trey Sermon is a guy that's putting up really solid numbers at least comparable numbers to the guys that went in the first and second round, there's another example of why you don't necessarily have to draft a running back in the first round or the second round. So I, I think there's a handful at least of running backs on the board, both guys probably from North Carolina ahead of him, but he's going to get drafted. There's no question about that. Let's talk to, is it Steeler Tony in Pennsylvania joins us next year on ESPN Radio. What's up, Steeler hey, Tony? How you doing today, man? How's everything? Good. Listen, I, 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 I have to say this. I love the pick that the Steelers made with Najee Smith. I mean, I think he's a good, really good running back. But I don't think he's going to be that good with Ben behind the center because, one, it seems like they're more of a passing team with Ben. But I think if they believe that Haskins is their future, I think those two will be better together because then you have a mobile quarterback with a great runner. What do you think? Well, I understand what you're saying. I think Najee Harris probably catches the ball a little bit more than you realize. He's got really good hands. I mean, I think he can be a threat as much in the passing game as in the run game. Personally, look, I don't like taking a quarter, a running back in the first round. There are too many examples of guys that are productive NFL players at a position that doesn't have a long shelf life where you could take them later. But I think what they're thinking is at this point, see, Ben Roethlisberger, when he was Ben Roethlisberger, when he was the Ben Roethlisberger we all know six, seven, eight, ten years ago, there was nobody better at extending plays, right? Nobody better at shape. Like the first guy never got him on the ground. A lot of times the second guy would never get him on the ground. He's not that anymore, right? The first guy's got a good chance to get home and get him on the ground. Or at this point in his career, there's a really good chance he's going to throw the ball away or force one before he even gets hit. So I think they're looking at Najee Harris uh, as being a better running back for the Ben Roethlisberger of today than the Ben Roethlisberger of five, six, seven years ago because now we've got a legitimate play-action threat, right? I can freeze linebackers by faking to Najee, and now I've got that extra beat to throw the ball before I get hit. So I think that's part of the thinking of how they think this pick's going to help Ben Roethlisberger. I don't think Ben Roethlisberger needed that help five, six, seven years ago. He could have a more shifty running back like a Le'Veon Bell and throw it to him and extend plays and let Le'Veon Bell go create 
Now, I think for Ben Roethlisberger, it's all about just not getting hit. Triple eight, say ESPN, triple eight, seven, two, nine, three, seven, seven, six. By the way, Greeny is coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck here at Pier 17. Bob Shoes and in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, the ESPN app, and of course, your smart speaker. And we're trying to make contact with Dan Orlovsky, but between now and then, we'll take even more telephone calls. Let's get to uh, Dylan in New Jersey, joins, rather in New York, joins us next year on ESPN Radio. Hey, Dylan. Hey, how you doing? Good. Um, I just wanted to talk about the Jets draft. First of all, I loved Wilson, I, and I loved the trade-up for uh, Elijah Vera Tucker. At 34, I think they got to go the same direction. You know, uh, Joe Douglas has drafted an O-line in the first round of the last two drafts. And, you know, we we're looking at Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State dropping at right tackle, George Fant was number 64 out of 71, according to Pro Football Focus. You know, we don't want to make the same mistake we did with Darnold, where we didn't protect him, we didn't give him weapons. If we lose games this year because the defense can't stop a nosebleed, I'm happy as long as Zach Wilson isn't getting his world rocked every time he drops back to pass the ball, and we protect the investment, which is something we haven't done since the 80s. Yeah, I'm the choir and you're preaching to it. <laughs> I'm with you. I've said this this whole week. I said it earlier in this show. I've been saying it for months. I have no problem spending maximum resources now that you have a quarterback that you think can be what you hoped Sam Darnold would be, but you couldn't protect Sam Darnold, and he spent three years running for his life. Now Zach Wilson gets to stand behind a brick wall. You draft Tevin Jenkins today. I have no problem with that. No problem with it. I agree. I mean, I think what they did last year, getting Mekhi Becton at the left tackle spot and now trading up for Vera Tucker is akin to what the Jets did when they took, uh, you know, DeBrickashaw Ferguson and Nick Mangold in the same draft in the first round. And those guys became the foundation for an offensive line that allowed them to get the two championship games with a Mark Sanchez at quarterback in his rookie year and in his second year. I mean, that, there was no, no mystery about how the Jets were playing back then and what they could do for their quarterback with that offensive line. Protect this guy. Do for him what you couldn't do for Sam Darnold? 100%. I would be on board. If they drafted Tevin Jenkins with their pick in the second round tonight, I would have no problem with that. By the way, Weekly Rewind is brought to you by Dell. For your small business needs, call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. Yesterday, with Greeny, had him on the show, and I talked about how I thought it would be very wise for the Jets to trade up and go get Elijah Vera Tucker. That turned out to be exactly what they did. Here's another moment of prognostication I'm pretty proud of. This is what I said yesterday. You know, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, those guys are still on the board. You may be looking, if you're Washington or Chicago, at having to leap Denver up to seven or eight to get one. So to me, that's where Washington or Chicago could make noise. And also why I think it was malpractice that those two teams weren't more in the Sam Darnold thing. Because they could have checked that box without giving up a first-round pick or multiple first-round picks or whatever the overall compensation would have to be to go from 19th or 20th up into the top 10 if that's what they do tonight to get a quarterback. They should have been much more aggressive in going after Sam Darnold, and they may end up paying the price. See, that's why the Bears and the, and the, and the Washington football team, they should have been listening to me yesterday. Maybe the Bears were. But I was all over if either or both of, say, the quarterback four or five guys on the list, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, dropped. If you've got Andy Dalton or Ryan Fitzpatrick as your quarterback, then you don't have a long-term solution to quarterback. Washington didn't come up, didn't pay the price to do it. 
They've got Ryan Fitzpatrick and a lot of uncertainty now at quarterback unless they maybe reach for a Davis Mills or a Kyle Trask or someone like that later in this draft. But to me, what, what, what Chicago did, they went up and they had a definitive plan. They wanted to solve the problem at quarterback. And they went up and got Justin Fields. And I'm not surprised that at least one of those teams did exactly what I said yesterday they ought to do. And that is, and the Giants were the beneficiary of it because now they've got a pick next year that I think is going to be in the top 10. I think Chicago is going to be a seven, six, seven, eight win team this year in a 17-game season. I think they're going to be a below 500 team. And if they're a below 500 team, that should put their pick somewhere in the top 10, at worst the top 15. And if they have a really bad year, you could end up with a top five pick out of it. I thought it was a no-brainer for the Giants, but I also respected what the Bears did. They had a conviction. They knew they needed a quarterback, and they went up and got one. Let's go to James in New York. Joins us next year on ESPN Radio with Bob Oshusen. Hey, James. Mr. Oshusen, how are you? Good. I owe you and uh, Mr. Greenberg. I mean, I can't buy you guys dinner, but I definitely do lunch. I'm, you know, you guys <laughs> lived a high life. You guys won me 500 bucks last night. I did not. How did I do that? My man, I'm going to tell you exactly how you did that. All right. I should have. My my odds should have been a lot higher. I listened to you and 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 Mr. Greenberg yesterday, and you were all in. You both were sold in. If if Elijah Vera Tucker was on the board, the Jets were going to move up from 23 and grab him. I had <laughs> I had somebody we were out at the bar watching the game last night, and I told him I said, "Listen, the Jets are going to do this." He said, five to one odds." I said, "All right, I'll put a hundred down. Five five to one odds." But yet, I should have went higher. Bob, did I sell myself a little bit short? What do you no, think? No, you know what I, I think? Here, see, here's the best part about this. Like, how close are you with this person that you took 500 bucks off of? Is it like your best friend? or like? Uh, well, he's one of, oh, no, he's a really good friend of mine, okay. but, you know, he ain't see, that makes money, it even better. You know what I'm saying? He's okay. I, yeah, but that, yeah, make, that makes it even better. <laughs> that makes it even better because I thought you were going to tell me that, like, you saw some prop bet on, like, DraftKings or something, and you, you know what I mean? Like the fact that you took our information and skunked your buddy and took money off of him, to me makes it e- like I, even happier. Like maybe you could have gotten better odds, maybe you could have gotten more money, but just the fact that he has to peel off $500 and ha- you get to take that from your buddy because of the information that we provided, uh, that warms my heart. So James I could- took not even just the information, he was so – baffled by even the player that I took that I knew you guys said yeah. that they were going to move up to grab. That was the one that blew it. We were out with like 15 guys, man. We all had a great time last night watching the draft. But the player's name exactly, that's what blew it. They were all blown away. And you guys, like I said, lunch, whatever you guys want, dinner, a little bit of a means, but I owe you guys something. Oh, you could afford, you could afford, you. you could afford a, a Washusen dinner. You can't afford a greenie dinner. But you can afford it with shoes and dinner. Triple eight CESPN triple eight seven two nine three seven seven six. Dan Orlovsky, my college football partner, but even more importantly, ESPN NFL guru, joins us now on the Goodyear Hotline as promised. I know you missed me. I know we need our quality time, and I'm glad you're able to call in. Well, I mean, actually, I just panicked because I saw I was supposed to be on the schedule earlier. I was doing something else, and I'm like, my goodness, if I don't get the chance to talk to with shoes in here soon. I might harm myself in some way, you know, punch myself in the face or something. So I had to make sure I called you, bud. And you know what? I, I am not going to do anything like the abuse that you took this morning on KJZ on the morning show. Because I think that oh, I, yeah. I believed that 
Look, basically what I said yesterday about what San Francisco was going to do was I thought they should take Trey Lance, but I thought they would take Mac Jones. So I bought in as much as you bought in and everybody else bought in. What did you think about their smokescreen or maybe even more importantly, what do you think about the fact they traded all that draft capital to go up to number three and maybe didn't even have a clear conviction of who they were going up for until they went through this process? Yeah, so Bob, like I said this yesterday, the past of me said it's Mac Jones. The future of me said it's Trey Lance. Um, and I think Trey Lance, them taking Trey Lance at three and using all that draft capital to go get him, I think is the biggest flyer in the history of the draft at the quarterback position. And that's not hyperbole. When, like the quarterback position is about repetition. The only way to get better is reps, and you need thousands of reps to really get better. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of reps to get better. He's thrown 318 passes in college, okay? That's the lowest amount a first-round quarterback has thrown in 40 years. The last guy drafted in the first round to have less than 500 attempts was your guy, Mark Sanchez, who threw 487. So, like, there is a little bit of unknown about this young man. And I think he's super talented. And they say he's off the charts intellectually. But there is a little bit of an unknown. So, you're taking a flyer, man. Like, Everyone was like, man, you went all the way up to three to get Mac Jones? Well, I know about Mac Jones. He had 311 completions last year. You know, and so that's why I get it because it is a future. You're looking at the future um, when it comes to what the position looks like. But it's, it's, a, it's a risk, man. And I get all third quarterbacks are a risk. I do think that they went up to three with someone in mind or, hey, we're very much so intrigued by – these two guys or, so, or three or three guys, we got to go. We'll figure it out because we have time. Um, but I, I do think it, it is a massive flyer. And an organization that I think probably is not put under the microscope as much as they should because this is an organization that gave Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, $137 million, $74 million guaranteed. They couldn't keep him healthy. And now the idea is that Kyle Shanahan is just going to lay hands on Trey Lance and take this, yeah. you know, like lump of clay and mold him into a great quarterback. I don't know. I mean, how many guys has, has Kyle Shanahan had during his career yep. where the guy mm-hmm. just came in totally raw out of college? Mm-hmm. When has he ever done anything like this before? Exactly. And that was a point of mine is Kyle's got to go from great offensive mind, great offensive innovator to really good quarterback developer. While those are attached, they are different, okay? And quarterback developer is somebody that figures out what the flaws are with the actual process of throwing, the quarterbacking, the thinking, and the throwing in the feet, and attacks that. While the offensive innovator, who's Kyle, is like, oh, these plays are cool. This is how we attack a defense. Those things are different, right? And your point of, listen, he took Matt Schaub to a different level, and he took Matt Ryan to a different level, and Jimmy Garoppolo to a different level, but he's never really taken a young player. He had some success with RG3. There's no doubt about it, but we don't know what that it would look like over like four years, right, because of the injury, unfortunately. And I think that's a big thing. And the challenge for San Francisco, Bob, is going to be this. We have to develop this young player, Trey Lance, and to do that he has to play while also winning football games. They've got a losing record, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, three out of the last four years, right? You have a losing record four to five years in the NFL, someone's getting fired. Someone is getting fired. So, like, to develop a quarterback and place the burden of winning on him usually equals failure in the NFL. So the balance of, okay, we got to develop this young guy. Jimmy, like, don't talk to me about Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. Like, he's not not the guy, right? So develop this young player, but we also got to win games. 
and that's hard. Real quick, I got the Jets and Giants fans all jamming the phone lines today, and both fan bases really seem to be happy with what both teams did last night. What do you think? I think the Jets were awesome because they finally did for Zach Wilson what they never did for Sam Darnold. Yep, I said the same thing. And that was, oh, oh, we're going to invest in it. And the thing that I like is, you know, they expect it. They're, they're telling Zach Wilson, we're, we're not going to expect you to carry us, but okay, like we're going to do this with you. We're going to do this for you, so to speak. And we're going to set you up to play well. And so I loved that by Joe Douglas to go get Barrett Tucker. I think the Giants were actually really smart. Uh, Tony reminds me of a faster Golden Tate. I played with Golden, you know, a guy that you just get the ball to. So now, like, we've got Tony, and they're going to have Saquon Barkley. And it's like, I don't know if there's, if there's going to be 35 passes a game. I'm going to get those guys uh, 24 of the touches, you know, 22, 24 of the touches. I don't care how we get them. Um, so I do like the fact that they chose for the future a little bit with getting another pick, but also got a, a player that, you know, should work really well in space. How much fun is it, by the way, in Cleveland? Like, I was watching you guys yesterday. They're chanting Marcus's name, Mina's name. Yeah. It's pouring rain. There's out. people everywhere. No one chanted Dan yeah. Orlovsky from at least the part of the show that, that I saw. I, I kind of <laughs> took that personally on your behalf. But, like, it seems like you work with really popular people in a fun place to be. Yeah, no, it is. Our show um, Our show does have some popular people on it. They did <laughs> chant my name, just so you know, Bob. Nice. Like that. And they chanted my name first. No big deal. Um, but, no, the, the fans of Cleveland were killer, man. And even yesterday's weather stunk. So, it was a really fun day. It's been a blast. Have you been at the draft before? Is this the first time that, at least, you've gone on the road for ESPN to be like – because, obviously, there wasn't a draft last year. It was Roger Goodell in his baseball. Yeah. Yeah. This is the first time I've gone on the draft or on the road for the draft for ESPN and been a part of, quote, unquote, my own show. Yeah. You right. know, I went two years ago to Nashville and I hit like get up spots and all that stuff. But this is the first time kind of being on our own show together. Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing. Like seeing the fans back and the juice and the event that it is. It's just, it's so much fun. Oh, it's awesome. Awesome. Man. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. You got it, brother. Anytime. All right. That's Dan Orlovsky joining us on the Goodyear hotline. Um, yeah. I mean, it's if, watch the coverage later on tonight. The fans of all the teams, but specifically the Browns, of course, they have shown up and shown out in Cleveland, and it looks like an absolutely awesome place to be. By the way, you're looking for professional-level protection for your car's paint, but without the cost, you'd pay for a professional detailer. New, revolutionary, 303 graphene nano spray coating provides just that. 12 months of protection with a simple mode of application. You could do it yourself in no time. It leaves your car's finish with insane levels of shine and depth, Plus, the water beating is crazy. Your car will never look better. It also helps to keep your car looking that way longer, too. The layer of protection helps to repel dust, fights off water spotting. It does this by making the water shed quickly from the surface, lowering the surface temperature so the water doesn't end up drying on the paint. It's also great to use your car's glass, wheels, and trim, too. Now available at Advance Auto Parts, Pep Boys locations nationwide, where you can learn more by visiting 303 Radio. Dot com. Bob Shoes and Infragrini. I've had a blast. i got to tell you, it is going to be fascinating, fascinating to watch Kyle Shanahan and that coaching staff try to develop this quarterback. No excuses now, right? Like, you have sent the message. I could have taken the finished product in Mac Jones or at least kind of the known entity, the more plug-and-play guy, but I'm going to take this player that has nothing but tools and we don't really know anything about, and I'm going to teach him how to play quarterback at the NFL level. And I'm going to lay hands on him, and I'm just going to make him a big-time quarterback. 
And they've been below 500 three out of the four years that, that Coach Shanahan has been there. It'll be really, really interesting to watch that organization go forward. Now they're going to build it around Trey Lance. He's going to play. As a rookie, like Fields is going to play. Obviously, Zach Wilson's probably going to be a day-one starter for the Jets. All these guys that get drafted at the top end of the first round of quarterback, they play right away, and we're going to have five of them playing this year. Bob Oshuz and Infogrini, I had a blast. Hope they let me come back and do it again. Enjoy the rest of the draft and your weekend on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.